Hey, welcome back to the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. And welcome back, or welcome to 2023. This week, we are tackling a little remembered DC series, but one with, let's call it a heap of potential, and then we will probably decide whether or not it realised it. Um, I'm joined again on this journey by regular co-host, a man from the land north of the border, which I expect is pretty fucking cold at the moment. Um, um, we've got snow ice on the ground. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we've snow ice on the ground outside. Uh, oh, is it snow it was, as well, um, man? Is it? Well, it, it was snow at the beginning of the week, and then it melted, and now it's it's just ice. So it's it's fun yeah. from from that side, but not too bad. Not too bad. Good man. See, we we're used to it. Not like you soft southerners. I know everyone um, goes nuts down here. I, I even bought a new pair of shoes when it snowed. I got all excited. <laughs> bought a pair of boots. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, we're doing alright though. It's new year, new new attitude. Was it a big uh, Was it a big Hogman A for you? No, no, no. I, I, it's um, it's a bit of a fallacy with regard to the, the Scotland being big on Hogman. You know, it's right. or, or it falls into two camps. You're really big on it when you're under twenty three because you realise you can just go out in the street and um, drink as much alcohol as you like. Yeah, um, and then there's a a period of where you. You, you just don't do anything. It's nice and quiet, and, and you know you <laughs> nice trust it up family and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, um, it does so sound no, nice. Good from that yeah. Mm. Oh, nice one, man. Yeah, we had a quiet one. Um, sorry, Adams just sent me a picture of myself through. He just texted me. That's nice of him. A drawing. We'll see what happens with that. Watch out for a t-shirt soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what what do we do? We just do madness. I told you about a conversation me and him had earlier about a comic strip, just because the, the yeah, term rhymed that, know, and it made us laugh. I'm now wondering if the, the, what he sent you is reference material for that, which is a worry. But no, it's uh, <laughs> that, that that's that's a, a teaser for a future episode. Then, <laughs> really. Quite possibly, yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Now we're talking about something today um, that is not the 1998 movie based on the Shankill Butchers, starring Stuart Townsend. <laughs> Although when I saw it on the shelf, I did wonder. Um, did you want to let us know what we're going to talk about, dude? Yeah, so we're going to talk about Resurrection Man, uh, which is a DC book that came out in May of 90, or series that started in May of 1997. Uh, there was a secondary series as well that came out as part of the New 52, but uh, we focused primarily on the first series and specifically looking at the first five issues with it. Yeah, cool. We, uh, we decided to do five. It sounds like a weird number, but number six is an interruption, isn't it? It comes in as a an it, event. It's one of the first crossover event um, that, that the series gets involved in. Yeah, yeah. What is and it? Is it New it, Genesis? It, is it called Genesis? I can't remember now. Yeah, it's not that. Yeah. I think episode five, or sorry, so issue five, I think would be where the end of the first yeah story arc is. Anyway, so it, it works from that sort of perspective. Yep, good. It's written by um, DNA, Abnett and Lanning. Um, art by Jackson stroke Butch Geese. Geese, we've decided on Geese, I think. Um, depends where you read it, actually, as to whether he's Jackson or Butch. I don't know if you've experienced that. Um, Colours by yeah. Carla Feeney. Uh, letters by Ken Lopez. Edited by Eddie Baganza. Eddie Baganza also being the um, the impetus for it coming back under the New 52. Um, 27 issues. Um, the last issue, well, 26 issues and a, Z, a, Z, and a DC 1 million issue um which is interesting that was an interesting time um now it has did you want to just give a pen picture i know you've got a sort of you've got a comparison that you sent me haven't you yeah so yeah so the the, the whole purpose is that the resurrection man is a hero who 
every time he dies, he comes back with another power. Okay, yeah. that that's kind of the summary of it. And it's um, the the story starts off with the fact that he's got amnesia. I can't remember who he is, but the way I ended up sort of interpreting it, yeah. realizing there's also a bit of a, a born identity start to mm. there about him waking up and don't really know who I am. It's then followed with a, a mix of Highway to Heaven meets <laughs> Quantum Leap meets Dial H for Hero. Yes. You actually have a comic view in there as well. Yeah. And I quite like the concept of saying, look, you know, the, the character has different powers almost every um, every issue um, because he sort of dies in every issue and then comes back again with a new set of powers. Yeah. And that, that kind of works. And I get that whole thing about saying... Yeah, this gives us the opportunity to, to say we can keep putting him in new circumstances, new situations, where his new set of powers uh, come to light and he's able to use them to resolve that bit of the story and, and move on. Yeah, now the, the powers thing is interesting, and I jumped ahead and read the second series as well, so I will I will make reference to that as we go along. But it was, it was created by Dan Abnett, um, Andy Lanning, um, and Jackson Geis, First appearance was in issue one of this, in like you say, May nineteen ninety seven. Um, the character is called Mitchell, strike Mitch Shelley, um, and like you said, he resurrects um, with a new power. Now the story goes that he, um, when Abnett and Lanning were at Marvel, they wanted they pitched a similar series featuring the Great Lakes Avenger character, Mister Immortal, who's a character who can't die or keeps coming back to life again. Um, I, I, I'm guessing you not being a Marvel guy, you wouldn't know the Great Lakes Adventures. <laughs> no, no, that's not not what I have in detail. Yeah. Uh... No, exactly A list. Yeah, there was some terrible series about three years ago that ended, but uh, they sort of there were. I think they were kind of a burn creation. It turned up a couple of times, um, and that they didn't really that didn't really work over there. Um, so they added this sort of loner element and um, the amnesia element, and the villain's been called the Lab, and they 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 pitched him at at dc what was um what was your first exposure let's try a couple of first exposures but what was your first exposure to this character al um so he also appears in a couple of other crossover events and stuff yeah he's not a standout character so you don't really i i struggled with this book let's 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 get to that in some ways yeah and it's because the the character and the storyline is quite generic yeah and feels like it's you know you're you're right it's an idea that was somewhere out that they had for something else and they went oh well we could do it with this and and sometimes it feels it's a little bit shoehorned into the dc universe as well yeah um you know the fact that he comes across the gla in action and we'll talk about that later on yeah it's almost like it didn't it you know it just happens, and you're like, well, it didn't need to happen. It could have been something else. So I'm going to be honest. I have no recollection of reading this character before at all, before right. I got around to this. You know, um, that's, that's not to say I didn't. It's just I don't recall it, and it's because, I say, it just kind of melds into it. And, and as I say, and when I was doing this whole thing about, oh, it's, it's like Quantum Leap, where, you know, every time he jumps into a new body type, or he jumps into, a, a, you know, it comes back to a new set of powers. Yeah. Which, again, as I say, you've seen it done before. You've seen it done with Dial H for Hero, yeah. where it's not necessarily the same person, and, it, and it's the um, the dial that gets passed round for people to then, you know, get their own powers. But every time they they, they, they dial the H, they get a new set of powers and are a new hero. Yeah. So again, it's like I've seen it done. 
And yeah, that Dial H for Hero went through because I remember it. I'm going to say an adventure comics. I think I first read it, yeah, and then it came back in its own series, and was actually a really interesting series, wasn't it? Um, yeah, you know, and and so that that the, the concepts that are in here, I'm left going. I, I've seen it done elsewhere, and I've seen, and there's nothing particularly new or exciting about this yet. And even the um, the underlying story about him being. Um, and spoiler warnings for the listeners. Um, when he when he gets some of his memory back, it turns out that he's um, a lawyer for the mob who uh, wanted to get out of that life. And, and but you know, and and but his his, his wife and partner, uh, business partner, turned against him. You're like going, yeah, that, that's you know, it, it's almost <laughs> a hallmark. This is a hallmark comic. Right? Yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird mesh of a number of things, isn't it? It really is. Like, you know, it's like with the Hallmark movies, you always know what's going to happen. By the, you know, you're five minutes in and you go, there's an hour and a half of this to go and I know exactly how it's going to end. Yeah. And there's big chunks of this where I'm like going, yeah, and I, 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 maybe it's just having read so many comics, but you you are reading this going, I know exactly what's going to happen next. Oh, and the, the people are going to turn up and fight him. Oh, and here's his, um, the, the reverse version of him that turns up as well yeah and you're going oh yeah of course it's just that that's just another it's a book of tropes and yeah that, i mean it's kind of worries me about. it was about five years after the cancellation of quantum leap i'm gonna say i remember watching quantum leap oh, like look, it's, it's got no relationship really to quantum leap but it, yeah it, i know what you mean it, but yeah yeah it's just that whole thing about it has the it had the opportunity to say every issue could be different yeah because of that, and that's but it, what I meant. It about goes the for the arc, doesn't it? It goes for the what yeah. I'm guessing at the time was quite trendy. I mean, I think the first time I read it, well, no, the I thought when I when I suggested it was the first time I ever read it was when I suggested it to you. Um, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you why that is in a minute. But I actually had an issue. I had the Hitman issue, um, the Hitman crossover, right? Um, and must have read it because I was reading Hitman at the time, but have no memory of reading it. Um, but I ended up being at a comic convention in a shopping centre in Maidstone. And Dan Abnett was there selling, you know, comp copies and stuff like that and having a chat with people. And I had a chat with him and he's a nice guy and I thought I should buy something. And Resurrection Man, there's a couple of books like this where you kind of hear about them, you see them about and you think, oh, I never read that. You know, it might make a nice series to read, you know, a standalone series. Another one I always think of was Nth Man. Do you remember that? That was a DC book, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah I never read that either. I always think, oh, I always see that and think, oh, nice. I'd probably make that quite readable. But I bought it off him and in the trade, which he signed there and then. And then it sat on my shelf. God, that must have been 10 years ago. And it sat on my shelf guilting me out. Um, <laughs> and I keep suggesting it to you. It's something we should do. So I get off my arse and, um, and read it. And we finally did it. And we were both, I'm going to say, a little bit underwhelmed by it. Yeah. yeah. I, I should be clear, you, you'd originally said that we should read this at Christmas, and I said The Resurrection Man is surely an Easter comic. Yeah, that's, so that's true. We, we, yeah. we put it off for a month. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the fact that you say it crossed over with Hitman, that, again, yes, there's good I must have read that back in the day, because I definitely read, like you, read, read a lot of Hitman. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a strange one. It's it's it, a weird one, but it, it must have done well because it ran for twenty-seven issues. Yeah, and it was a character they brought back in the fifty-two. So yeah, it's a weird one, that isn't it? It's because it's well. Let's let's get into that. So there's a couple of other questions mm. I'm going to post to you. So, um, I, quickly on this, the themes you've mentioned, I've made notes that I thought it was like something. 
It has, for me, it evokes the old Incredible Hulk series or the Invaders about a sort of loner trying to discover yeah. a mystery and wandering through the states. But add to that, you've got this this complication that he keeps coming up with various different superpowers, um, and he keeps getting killed. Um, so it's got that sort of lonely central character thing, which I normally enjoy. You know, um, I've just finished the Longbow Hunters hardbacks and. Um, or rereading them, and and he does that. He does like a, a sort of wander through the states, yeah. and I quite enjoy that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the next one. Um, what was your first exposure to DNA? Stool. I th- initially I was thinking, oh, it's their issue of Legends of the Dark Knight, which is I think number thirty six, or their first issue there, right? Because essentially, obviously, we certainly getting through all that. Yeah, and then I discovered they were actually one of the writing teams on a book that came out in 1991 um, that I'm pretty sure everybody would have picked up in 1991 in the UK because they were involved in the Comic Relief comic. Ah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was um, an A4 comic produced by a charity drive that year. Lenny Henry was involved, as was Jonathan Ross, both of whom are big um, comic uh, yeah, the files. Yeah, and that, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's somewhere in my loft, definitely. Um and if you actually look at the um the cast of people who are involved in the writing and the art of that, it's pretty much a who's who British comics at the time, because obviously yeah. it's they've um, gone to charity comic, yeah, boom, yeah. So that would that technically that would be my first real exposure to them as the writing couple. So it's um and um Butch Gacy would I would probably be the the Superman storylines because obviously he was involved in the death of Superman. Yeah. Um piece. Yeah. Um so a couple of years or the year prior to the sort of the death of Superman was when I was reading Superman and that from there on through and, and the return of Superman piece I'd had a, had a lot of exposure to him that at yeah. that time. Yeah. What about yourself? When, when would you have been in So yes yeah, a funny one because I was looking I was reading a little bit about both of them. Um um and I remember reading I'm gonna say Action Force in the <laughs> mid, the mid, early to mid eighties, I'm going to say when Dan Abnett was probably just out of university at that point. Um, I read a lot of his um, Marvel UK stuff, and I think that one of the reasons I got chatting to him because he's a mate of John Boy Freeman's, and I'm a friend of John's, and we were sort of mm. chatting about John, saying I was saying I would say hello to him for me and stuff. And um, so some of the I, I read an awful lot of his books, so I, so I wrote a little list. So Action Force was notable to me because for anyone who's a Master of Kung Fu completist, there is a Master of Kung Fu UK-produced comic in one of the Action Force issues, just a single issue. Um, he did some stuff for Doctor Who Monthly, which I'm guessing is where he knew John from. Um, the real Ghostbusters he did. Um, Knights of Pendragon, which was quite a big one for us. Um, Death's Head 2, Battle Tide, <laughs> and Dark Guard, if you remember that. I don't know if you remember those, man. Mm. Um, mm. They were kind of throwaway Marvel UK stuff. And then he did... Force Works, which was the series that came out of West Coast Avengers. So basically, West Coast Avengers was this really good Al Milgram sort of readable other Avengers book. And then when the nineties hit, they they made it. They it went properly nineties, and they did something called Force Works. Um, and then obviously, I read stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy and Nova and Realm of Kings, and you know Judge Anderson and Dread. And he did Vector Thirteen, and the, he, he did the Return of the VCs in two thousand AD. Um, and he did some Ninjak for Valiant. He did some Planet of the Apes for Dark Horse. Um, Aquaman, Superman, Legion, Lost. I think, did you read Legion, Lost? It was quite a yeah. well thought of book. Yeah. Yeah. Another yeah. book that came out with the new, back with the new 52 as well, didn't it? Um, 
Yeah. Uh, certainly, the, yeah, the Legion storylines kind of take together with that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he did Majestic and the Authority over at Wildstorm. Um, like I say, he's um, probably best well known, I would say, outside of comics for his Warhammer stuff, which he's kind of the governor of, as I understand it. Um, but from a point of view of prose novels. Um, and there's fucking hundreds of those, man. You know, <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever been into a Warhammer shop? There's um, there's one just around the corner from my work, actually. And uh, you, you know what? Oh, per, per, per to people that get involved in that stuff, I don't have the steady enough hand to ever paint yeah. my Warhammer miniatures. <laughs> um, but uh, no, they had a couple of things in their window, <laughs> which really were, they were grips for hold, to, something to hold the um the miniatures for while painting oh right yeah yeah. you know to give it you know and i was like oh I'm really interested in those be great so i was in looking at those but you're right you're then left looking around the rest of the shop going all right there's uh this is a big thing yeah yeah ma massive yeah mm. i mean um my son had a period he had his sort of warhammer period and i used to have to go into the shops with him and there'd be some game going on on the table that i didn't understand and um a sort of an over enthusiastic spotty male would ask me what army i had you know and stuff like that and i kind of went i'm just gonna wait outside son leave you to it you know <laughs> um but dan is apparently um and i think um uh, danny butcher's read some read some of the books and he's properly i think the governor of it um from the point of view of andy lanning i'm gonna say um some of the marvel uk stuff i think he did <laughs> another one you probably don't remember is a, a book called digitech do you remember that Marvel UK. You know thing. what? I actually remember the covers. Yeah, I actually, yeah, yeah. I can see the logo really well in my head. Yeah, um, it's one of those things that stood out. Yeah, yeah, and I think couldn't that tell you anything about it, but yeah, John Freeman was the editor of Marvel UK at the time, so um, there's there's that connection as well. Um, Jackson, guys, I'm, I'm I find him very readable in the most part. Um, mm -hmm. I I do enjoy his art, and he's a bit he's a, one of those blokes that I think maybe like someone like Diodato. Um, early Diodato I sort of took for granted um, but if you compare him to some of the artists these days he's actually a bit of a superstar <laughs> in my opinion he knows what he's doing there's a lot of um, photorealism in some of the stuff he does in this book but uh, yes yeah there's a couple of faces you think I think I know who that is you know yeah um, but yeah so he was born in 61 in Chattanooga Tennessee that's the only reason I said that to say the word um, his first work now, so this is where I originally saw him was in Crusaders issue one in November nineteen eighty two, um, the one of the Red Circle books, and I have that. I remember buying that in the comic shop. Um, but he had previously ghosted for Pat Broderick on a ROM annual, which I also own. So I'm guessing that would have been the first time I'd actually seen his art without realizing it. Um, mm. After that, Al Milgram, who was the art editor at Marvel at the time, gave him a shot on the, on the Micronauts, and he did X Men and the Micronauts miniseries, which was really good. Like a really good series. 84, he did the Indiana Jones run. I think I was probably a little bit disappointed with him because I think prior to that, they'd had um, Burn on Indiana Jones. And I was like, well, I was sort of a rapacious, you know, crazy Burn yeah. fan. And then he did some of that. He inked some Dazzler, did X Factor and New Mutants. Um, like you say, he went over to he did the DC, did um, Action Adventure Comics. He did Flash Volume 2, Issue 1 to 9, which was the Mike Barron Wally West series. Which I've I've yep. really enjoyed. He kind of Mike Brown kind of reworked the Flash at that point, didn't he? Post Crisis, yes. um, yeah, no. um, that's pretty good. Um, the Marvel comics he's done 
you name it, he's done it. Captain America, Black Panther, Spider-Man, Avengers, Iron Man, New Mutants, Secret Avengers, Sword of the Swashbucklers, if you remember that, which I think was an epic series off the top of my head. Um, Dark Horse, he did some Aliens, Predator, Deadliest of the Species. At Valiant, he did quite a lot. Did Bloodshot, Eternal Warrior, Ninjak, Turok, and Exo Man of War, all books that I was reading. Um, and then he was part of the Ruse, the Ruse guys, uh, the, the cross-gen guys, and he did Ruse. Um, were you a follower of the cross-gen stuff, man? No, is the short answer to that. Um, There's, it was part of the big explosion of so many new books, and you could only afford so much at the time. And yeah, I I left cross gen behind. Um, I think Ruse and all that were yeah, man, yeah. I think Ruse and Route Six 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 were the only two books I read out of that. Um, But I remember Ruse being it's a Mark Wade written book off the top of my head, which is kind of a Sherlock Holmes thing. Um, Pretty good. Pretty darn good. And, and and CrossGen had that weird thing where everyone went and lived in Florida, was it, I think? And they all worked yes. in the same building and stuff. And, uh, yeah, sort of shone brightly for a while and then soon went bust. Um, he did... Uh, like, the... like so many so many companies at that yeah. point in time. Yeah. And at this, it, it and at this point the, in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, also, he did the classic and famous Sliders special Narcotica um, out of Acclaim Comics, <laughs> which is just weird. Um, I think that was written by a member of the you would have in your, your collection, definitely. So. I do say, so, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he did um, IDW, he did um, Winterworld, um, which was is a cracking book, and it came back for a sequel, the second one. Uh, Chuck Dixon, is it? I can't remember the top of my head. But yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, look, he's another one of these, you're right, but he's easily forgettable because he's really clean simple styles of yeah you know he's another one of these journeymen right and mm. um and i think those guys others, man. i dig know, them we've talked know. about people like aparo and, and things like that in the past yeah really like, you know what yeah these 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 are the shoulders that all the the you know people stand on to, to produce comics because they're producing good comics that are readable and, and you know and it, look, this is a yeah. perfectly good readable comic and there's um and the art is it's a little bit 90s um it has its moments and it it's... has a couple of pages you think oh really yeah but yeah i think some of it's very good yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. so all of that as i say to me it was just i found the storyline just to be a bit odd or a bit generic or and, you know and the pacing of it is really odd in terms of nothing happens for a couple of issues and then suddenly woof it goes off and you're like on that that's fine if you're reading it as a you know it's, it was fine because i was sitting and reading Mm. issue after you know back to back but i imagine if i was reading this monthly there would be certain months where i would have been well that was uh <laughs> what happened there yeah who were um, they? yeah there's um, a couple of sort of strange we'll get into a couple of the stranger moments in a minute but uh yeah it's it's a stranger the so there's a couple of questions i'm going to post you first off um is this or sh- should it or could it have been a vertigo series do you think it's a mistake including it in the general and wider DC universe? Because they they are at fucking pains to do that in this first series, aren't they? Um, well, you've got a so, character that's pseudo-religious. You know, the opening page mm-hmm. of this could easily be the first page of a um, a Vertigo book to me. You know, someone's got yeah. that, that Jesus and angel thing going on on it. You know, what do you think? So, if it had been a vertical book, yes, they could have played more. They could have played more on the death side of it. Yeah, you know, and the the fact that you know he he gets some because the, the powers that he gets are not necessarily always that superhero spandexy power yeah. type things you know it's um despite the fact in 
issue five, he looks a lot like the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The um, so it could have easily been uh, much more hard edged and much more hard hitting had it been into the vertical, and therefore been more that 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 side of going. You know, he is in the dark underside of of, of traveling America, and you know, riding the rails as a hobo because you could have played up. That, that could really gone off on um, themes more. and yeah. images and yeah combined with the fact that the way they shoehorn in the dcu in mm-hmm. you know in, in issue two the you know he he happens to be come across a, a fight that the jla is having with another bad guy right yeah. and, and it's the fact that he's he they can use some of his powers to um rescue some of the people who are just standing around the edges you know well, that's, buildings that's what my note off. says he sort of runs around in the background a bit during this fight yeah you know? but the way that they deal with the jla is again they just play on all of the really simple tropes yeah so it doesn't help that it's um there's a very good way to date date the book because it's a the electric blue superman yeah, yeah. um straight in your face which there, they kind it? of yeah, just yeah. throw away with that but then they use Wonder Wonder Woman's there, but they use it as all visual and no dialogue because she's a woman, so they don't know what she's going to say. So they're you know they clearly have gone well. We'll just just make her there to to be you know look pretty. Yeah. Um. They use the Flash as a whipping boy, which yeah. again is a very easy trope because it's that whole oh look he's broken his leg, but don't worry he's got super speed healing so he's back up and running again really quickly. You're like, yeah, okay. And then they go, Oh look, the most powerful person here is the Green Lantern, but he's a bit thick, a bit dumb. So we'll you know, he'll make make yeah. the wrong thing out so of these. And you're like, it's going, the Kyle Rayner, isn't it? So Yeah, but and it, but the way they just you're like going, right, this is like the this is the notes that you write out when you go, Oh, I'm gonna write you know, I'm gonna include the the GLA. What we're gonna do, well, let's make sure we have Soup's Wonder Woman Flash and GLA there. Oh, we'll, we'll make Flash run around and get hurt. Make Green Lantern do something stupid, and uh, don't know what we'll do. Wonder Woman, but just just make her there so that yeah. we, we know like powerful woman she run in. And I I just feel that you're like going that scene was not needed. Yeah. And your point about saying if it was a vertical book, they would never have even considered putting it in there. You could equally have done in a vertical sense, going yeah, look, there's some form of natural disaster. Or something happens that's causing a building to collapse, and he uses his powers to, to you know, to, to either what's the film about the guy with the train wreck, and he he's got powers and he saves people. Oh, um, the Bruce you know, Willis it, it Unbreakable, been, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, it could have been it, it it could have been that, and you wouldn't have you know you would have got over what you know the fact that he's finding that he's got powers and that he yeah. can do things with them. It's and an interesting one. About the story over because the. Yeah. And I'll, I'll mention it now, but Series 2, which is the new 52 one, which comes back and has 12 issues and a zero issue, um, it finishes on the zero issue. That, like, really... I sent you some pictures the other day, didn't I, this week? Mm. Is, that really leans into the um, the angels and hell. So he is, he is the character he is in this. They completely reboot the story again. Um, but because he can't die and is keep being re- resurrected due to they give a technical reason is it called techites or something like that it's a bit like the stuff that's in allegedly in jedi's <laughs> blood or whatever it is you know but he's been sort of part of an experiment he's been a bad guy who's sort of saved his life by being part of the experiment so angels from heaven are coming down to take him 
and demons from hell are coming around to take him as well. So there's a battle between heaven and hell, and he's the character of this, you know, straight out of a Moorcock book, um, and he's the character in the middle of it. Now, that's basically like f- fucking the first five years of Vertigo is Moorcock, isn't it? You know, yeah. Um, yeah. And it, I, I was reading and thinking. It must be Eddie Baganza who liked it because he edited the original series and this series. It must be him wanting it back. Because to me, at that point, Vertigo was struggling and really in need of a hit. Um, and they could have they could have used this because it would have been a great Vertigo series. And the level of sales, as I understand it, in Vertigo was a lot lower for cancellation reasons, you know. Um, mm. But yeah, mm. it, was, it was a cracking... It was, I, I really, really enjoyed series two compared to this. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons, like you say there, is one of the reasons that it, it doesn't quite knit together as a narrative story is because it keeps being fucking interrupted with things. Like, we really didn't need yeah. that Justice League episode issue, you know? It's it's not it's not needed. Yeah. Um, all such DC series will, or any... You know, Marvel do the same. They throw Spider-Man well. and Wolverine into issue yeah. two all the time, you know? And it's, it's... How do we tie it into the universe? How do we... Re- yeah. get people to buy you know the completists have got to get uh yeah well let me just while, while we're looking at those two issues man um mm. if you can if, if you've got the first issue if you can have a look at pages two and three of the first issue mm-hmm. and then go into um the jla the second issue um so if you if you just clap your eyes on that double page spread two and three in the first issue yes. now go to the page after the pages after the green lantern appearance in issue two, it's the same layout, pretty much, <laughs> because I think they're using visual continuity. They're either using it cheaply and he's just reusing a layout, or they're being clever and using a visual continuity to provide the visual to provide the mental flashbacks that he's having. If they're um, if it's clever, it's too clever. It was too clever for me. Yeah, I um, think so. I think it's too clever for the comic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? It's just I, I literally didn't think of it until I just because I read this in digital. I think you're reading it in digital, aren't you? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read it in digital, and then I dug the trade off the shelf yesterday to sort of have another look at it, and I thought, oh, that's the fucking same, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, unless yeah, they don't do enough of the repetition for you to then start spotting the other bits of repetition. Yeah. So no, I, I think that's. And again, it's maybe, is it just that that's the, well, this is the standard way to just sort of lay out that, that page and there's... It's very 90s as well, you know, it's sort yeah. of... Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, yeah. From from the sort of religious aspect, I actually find that more of a draw. I think it might be just my Catholic boy, Catholic schoolboy upbringing and also the fact that I quite like Vertigo. That I, I quite like um, religious iconography in comics like this and I think... If you go to page one of the comic, issue one, page one, yeah, that's that's that, fucking crucifixion stuff, exactly. You know, mm. and I wish and that, they'd stayed with that visual imagery. He looks great on page one. That's and, a good look to him, and, yeah. And there's there's a whole thing with that as well, where you're, you're right. That that was my thing as well. I thought this was going to be initially when I started going through the mm. one. I thought the highway to heaven. Yeah. mix that was in there which is the whole thing of oh yeah is he really just some sort of fallen angel but he wants to get you know he has to do enough things to gain his wings and yeah. um and then he'll go through and i wondered if that's where it was going to go um i think sometimes yeah. titles in comics can be quite misleading like you say resurrection man you know the the you know the covers of this yeah 
and it's, you don't it's, really see him go through the resurrection either. It's just it's also it's very like, on the yeah. nose, you know. Um, there's it's not surrounded by you know the depth that I would have perhaps liked to have or personally would have put into it of having a resurrection of a man. You know, series mm. two goes into it more because it has it's all about you know Christian religion, Christian sort of mythology. You know, um, and they name the angels. Really, the angels turn up they, with swords. You know, this sort of thing. They, they and is it just that the first story arc in in the first series was written generically to be either a Marvel storyline or a DC yeah, storyline. Yeah, it could be. And therefore it's like, well, for the first bit we can because the the DC universe has always had the bigger links to the afterlife and the than than the Marvel universe yeah, has. Especially and, with you, stuff you know, like Constantine and yeah. Constantine, exactly. And you know, and and even the, the 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 links through things like Swamp Thing and that, which you know, yeah. it, it, it's yeah. the the pre vertical you know titles were that that were DC titles that moved into you know, there was always that sort of linkage there. So it did I could see why it would sit with that, um, and therefore that's why Marvel probably turned it down. It came over here. Yeah, makes some sense. I do just feel though that the the first set of storylines then could have been written. You know the. The fact that he meets the GLA, he could equally have met the Avengers. He could equally yeah. have met the, the the Valiant team of equivalents. He could have gone and met the Crusaders if you want yeah. to put him into I mean, that. To, that to be fair, he does. World. They do the same in in Volume Two. He meets the Suicide Squad in Issue Six. Right. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, my my point is that you could this could be anything. This could be in any universe. I feel like it's There's an editorial nothing, nothing mandate as opposed to a writerly you know decision. It's got to be surely, you know, with a, you oh, know, if you're yeah. if you're crossing the JLO into your comic, you can't just write it and submit it to the editor. I'm guessing it's got to be like at least a discussion and likely a suggestion. Um, and I suppose a writer will do it; is it will be happy to do it. You know, same as Marvel when you get Wolverine in every issue too for a while. Mm. You know, it's going to bump sales. You know, yeah, it's going to keep the go keep the issues going. Um, but oh. But we're doing this down and it's just... <laughs> yes it's not terrible there's a lot worse comics man it's i showed not, you i just showed are. you two comics oh, before we came oh, awesome. we started recording that were fucking terrible this is um yeah. this is readable you know it's 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 readable pulp to me yes you know, it should be more pulpy I, and, in my head you know and and if i was just picking it you know if it was just part of the monthly reading pile i probably would have been fine with it and just gone yeah yeah fine. it's not you know but it's nor is it anything particularly memorable yeah, that it's going to memorable. Nor is it something I would say. Oh, I'm going to go back and read more of it. Nor am I really encouraged to read the rest of the twenty-seven issues. You know, and it's yeah. Um, it is. It just. It's just. It's just standard. It's just a standard comic, which sounds really bad, yeah. but actually is really good. You know, because that's like saying, oh, it, you know, it's a, it's a coronation street. It's a soap opera version of the comic. That's all it is, and it's. Yeah. There's there's nothing wrong with that as part of the overall mix, and um, and there'll be bits of the audience reading it who go, this is the level I'm at, therefore this is what I want to read, and mm. it's fine for them. Um, I, I would have liked more, and uh, I do think some of it's quite lazy written. Yeah, I agree. I think series two um, benefits from decompression. Actually, it's rarely that I say that, but it's mm. it it benefits from a coherent issue to issue series where we didn't have to have Batman appear or Hitman appear or like the JLA. Um 
but it is decompressed and because of that it becomes uh, oh when's the next issue kind of thing um i think what it does well that it does well again in volume two is it the body double characters are cracking villains the two yeah. ladies and it doesn't really explore them much because there's basically it's like it's like an 80s you know tv series you know the, the the villains in it who are kind of like mercenaries there's more to them that but they're kind of mercenaries who are hunting him down one's a sort of sexy blonde and one's a sexy brunette <laughs> they've always got rocket launchers and uzis and stuff on them <laughs> yeah and i thought this this is just so 90s comics but they're drawn yeah. well you know it's not as if live failed or someone's got hold of them they're actually drawn well you know yeah um, yeah Mm. Let, let me, anyway, let me that's, yeah. <laughs> okay well let me let me pose some devil's advocates questions to yeah. you um wh- why didn't it last now there's a lot worse comics out there at the time um a lot worse written a lot worse drawn um a lot less comics that just don't hold together why do you think it didn't work from us i know you, it's 27 issues but i kind of i kind of feel like 27 issues is comparable to maybe 10 issues now you know, um, why um, did, and it took so long for it to come back. There's nothing special about it, right? Okay. Yeah, so I don't, I don't point. think, I don't think there's anything really stand out in it, and therefore you're left going, where do you go next with some of these storylines as well, and what do you, what do you do with it? Therefore, you know, it's very easy to kind of go, yeah, he's just a background character, yeah. um. And maybe that's the thing. It's a case of, yeah, you, he's the sort of person... When, once you got through that main storyline of trying to resolve the fact that he was um, a, a lawyer for the mob, yeah, you just kind of go, he's just a background character that you can bring in and out. Any, you know, every now and again, you go, oh, there he is. What he's, you know, When was the last time he was killed? What's his current powers? Yeah. Oh, we can use that to, to fill whatever story hole. And, you know, that that's kind of it. Um, or alternatively, the stories that are getting told against this character could be told against other characters. Therefore, yeah. you know, we, we, and, and sometimes I think that they have to go with it. Right, we've got a story that can be fulfilled by different characters or different slightly angles. Pick it, what pick one and go with it. Yeah, and they probably just went. Well, we're just not. This one isn't isn't for it. However, why was it brought back? The thing there is because it fits into. Any, you know, particularly with New Fifty Two, where they had to, you know, had to, let's identify fifty two titles, I know, yeah, yeah, and and have one that can that that can fit a, fit a slot. Where we're just saying, yeah, it's a character where it's pretty easy to describe the background. It's pretty easy to describe how he gets the powers and runs with them and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and we can do things issue to issue. Well, let's go with it. And all of the New Fifty Two stuff, they knew exactly that they'd written out the first twelve, um, the first story arc for twelve issues knowing that they were going to cancel half of them at the end of yeah, that. Yeah. And they were like saying, so if you've got an easy out, you're, you're out. Um, and I think it was just one of those ones where they went, well, we had an idea for it. Let's run it by the second the second storyline. If it takes off, it takes off. If not, well, no harm, no foul. Yeah, and it can um, easily be told on its own. It doesn't necessarily, yeah. at that point, they weren't really crossing over stuff, were they, in the early 52? Um, yeah. I think, I think for me it suffers from... Um, a non-iconic character. So I think the first series did get some advertising from what I can see. There was, you know, mm. Resurrection Man's Coming and there was a couple of in, in, uh, in-house ads and uh, is, I think it was DC Currents, whatever it was at the time, featured it. Um, but I think if they'd have stuck with that man with the long white hair, black jacket, black jeans, whatever it was, blue jeans, boots, you know, wandering the countryside, I think 
it would have stuck better. But as you progress along the series, the central character changes his appearance completely. I mean, part of it's mm. due to the resurrection thing where he comes back and he loses his hair and stuff. But that, it's comics. You can get around that. You know, I think yeah. they needed that central image and it just wasn't there. So you were picking up even a lot of the issue covers don't even feature the character on them. Um, no, I was going to say that the cover suite is, is rubbish. Yeah. It really is. I really don't like it at all. Or none of them, would, if that's all you saw, is you would go, oh, yeah, I must pick that up off the shelf. And it, it suffers quite early on as well with, yeah. pick up, you know, meets Hitman, fine, I'm buying it because Hitman's on the cover. Oh, it meets Supergirl, fine, I'm buying it because it's got Supergirl on the cover. Um, you know, are people really just buying it because it is the... The, the, the crossover book. Yeah, and it's certainly issue seven says that. You don't even know who Batman's talking to in that. It's a sort of shadowy mm. figure. And like you say, the Hitman covers the same. Both of those Hitman covers the same because you don't see the character. You know, they're, they're obviously yeah. relying. And then issue 14 is just the is the body doubles on the cover. Um, you know, that, that's almost another way they could have taken the storyline that would actually make it more interesting. In And, you know, last time we talked, we talked about Brave and the Bold. Yeah. It, it, it could almost have been the crossover book where you yeah. go the actual the actual theme is the is the core character going from one superhero to the next to the next to the next yes and you've always got the well yeah and you know it, well funny you should say that important yeah you know. because the character the the powers that he inherits um in the second series are related to the people who kill him or, or or who are present when he's killed or the way in which he's killed. Right. So there's a theme theme thematic continuity yeah. to the the powers that he gets from each one, um, which is quite interesting. So if he drowns, he might he might in, inherit the power to become water and you know slide under cell mm. doors and stuff like that. There's that thematic thing to it. Whilst this and it, it's so fucking random. Um, yeah, it's you don't really know. Like it just seems like especially that thing that looks like the cross between Hellboy and the thing. It it it's so. <laughs> It's so out of the visual acceptance of what you have for Resurrection Man, and then they fucking put it on the cover, and I, I'm, I must have looked at them on the shelf and think, oh, I ain't got a clue what's going on there. I'll skip that one. Yeah, it's almost like that, yeah. I think. Yeah. But. Um, I mean, I, I feel like it works as a comic compared to the other nonsense that was going on elsewhere in, in the comics world. Um, there's, it's not the worst comic that was on the shelves by any stretch, you know? Um, <laughs> but the, the, there was... I almost feel like it's the um, uh, the Doom Patrol effect in this, where there's some really wacky moments in it, um, where, it, to me, I feel like DNA were looking at Vertigo. And like the stuff like the body doubles, the stuff like the opposite, is he called the hooker, who's like the sort of... Yeah. The, the sort of dark version of him um you've got the stuff that he comes home so his wife thinks he's died he comes home and his wife is having sex with him, his mate <laughs> called richard who's cosplaying who's... as a fat superhero who's like the the character that's on the posters for the local soda company and that's yes. straight out of which, some kind of which you know is the, the soda company though is called the soda company yeah. <laughs> the, the soda bottling plant and you're like Really, I mean, again, that's yeah. It's just like these are the notes you made when you were writing this, and you go, "I'll go back later to give that a proper name." Yeah, no, yeah. never did. Did you send the, um, wrong, the wrong version of scripted? And it's like it's only made slightly different by the, the way they they misspell soda. You know, it's like yeah, yeah and that that whole sort of <clears throat> is long before cosplay, but the sort of sexy cosplay, you know, <laughs> fat bloke in a costume who you know is double crossing his mate and 
having sex with his missus and he sort of this the resurrection man interrupts this sort of kinky sex thing they're about to get yeah. going on and i'm thinking this try, this should have been a book, when, a book you know when did the simpsons first do duff man yes because that's kind yeah. of what it's the equivalent of him being dressed up as duff man but he doesn't quite he but but looks more has a body shape of homer rather than yeah Duffman. yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and and, and it, there's some great ideas yeah yeah the but they are ideas you've seen else a lot of them you've seen elsewhere and they just shoot on them in together and it it just doesn't blast off into what what it could have been you know and that's where the vertical options would have been one way to do it and and say yeah let's get much more deep and dark with regard to you know, the whole death and yeah gaining the the powers to you know, you've got PTSD and the, the guy who keeps being killed element. yeah 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 um, or you could have done the whole, as I say, is the yeah he's the travelling thing that connects the whole DCU together, and therefore he keeps meeting different different elements of it. But then his actual storyline gets kind of lost in that. Yeah, but, and they they sort of use expositionally like little tricks just to move the 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 story along. I think page six I wrote down. At one point, he just goes, "Oh, a chunk of memory just came back to me." It just seems like su <laughs> superly, you know, convenient that you know, just because we needed to move the story along a bit, he re suddenly remembers a bit, you know. Um, and also, there's obviously the elephant in the room that we discussed before we started recording is the fact that uh, um, he looks exactly like the current Frank Miller, <laughs> yeah. a big chunks or, of well, it with the hat on and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there's bits of that, and then there's one of the background characters in one in episode in issue one. Where the background character is Frank Miller in a hat. I'm, I'm sorry, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. On page seventeen, if you happen to have it in front. Of you. Yeah, yeah, I've got it. Um, yeah. But, um, if the listeners are going through the through the app at the same time. Also, um, just if you could have another look at a page for me. So if you go to the mm. Justice League issue, issue two, um, you've got um, the the double page splash of um, Blue Superman. Turn to the next page. Um, you've got three. Um, panels along the bottom of the page there that middle panel mm -hmm. it just looks like a, a cubit has drawn that it's just mm. so some of it is yeah. lovely you know i love that panel the way that i think the thing is that um mr goose does well is he does do layouts well in this there's there's a, a lot of nice layouts and you know it's, it's not he's not being lazy and just doing double page spreads if he does do a double page spread there's, there's always like indented you know panels and stuff yes. like that going on yeah well here, here's the weird thing about those those pages so so it's describe the piece of the listener so it's uh a full page if you like and then with three panels a three panel strip along the bottom yeah and the the big panel at the top of each of the pages which is the bleeds around the the three panels is this is the the justice league fight with generic 90s baddie yeah right? It's the so this is the wrong way round. Yeah. The, the big flashy bit is the side story, and his story is just the wee three panels at the bottom. Hmm. And you know, and you're like, well, where, what, what's the important bit of the, of the page? Surely the important bit should be his story, not the other. You know, rather than the Justice League. But it's almost like too much emphasis is given to the Justice League side. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. I think it's just. It would be interesting to ask um, 
Mr. Abnett or Mr. Langing, Lanning about it, you know, about the, if the, if it was just like constant interruptions and, and editorial stuff. And maybe that's the reason why Mr. Boganza brought it back is he kind of thought, we didn't get a good enough run at that. You know, that has mm. potential. Gutler, good writers, gentlemen, both yeah. are very prolific. You know, both have produced some excellent work. Um, let's give them another shot and, at it. And the second series is much better, although albeit yeah. only 13 issues. Yeah. And don't worry, if you, on, on that same issue with the jail, if you go to page yeah. 12, okay, which is the double page spread, where Bumpf, he does get a flashback of, of some of yeah. his memory while he's going through. And this is the thing that they could have played with the vertical piece. You know, it's while you're going through a death scene. What, yeah. You know. You get the. He only gets the flashbacks while he's dying. Yeah, so he gets so, the memories back that he needs. Yeah. So yeah. The, you could have had a vertical piece where he goes, if he wants to learn more, does he commit suicide? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because he knows he'll be resurrected. But do you, you know, and he's do yeah. You know, so you could have done things like that with it that would have been. Yeah. Again, that's a vertical like storyline, not a not a DCU storyline. There's a great so um, there's a great novel series called um, uh, the Riverworld Saga by Philip Jose Farmer. Have you ever heard of that? Um, and the central character is everyone's basically born. I won't bore you with it. Everyone's born who's ever existed, and um, the only way you can travel up and down this river is by killing yourself. Um, right. And so Sam Clemens is the re- is a reincarnated Sam Clemens who's the central character, and he's figured out a way to kill himself just so he can travel up and down this river. And it's it's right. similar to that, you know, that he, he needs to discover his past, so you know he commits suicide. But how dark is that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's an interesting story. I'd read that. Um, Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. it was. <laughs> I feel a bit bad for making you read it now because I've been. No, no, no. It's, no. Been, it's sat on the shelf. Try it, you, yeah, you never know. Yeah, it's, exactly. You know, yeah. I see. One of the other things that did lead me to, to have a wee think about was, you know, okay, they're not working together anymore, um, Aaron Atlantic, but writing partnerships is yes, is a weird thing in comics. Yeah. Because I think, you know, we, we talk about creative partnerships in comics a lot and we can all you know rattle off who our favorite writer artist combos are yeah but it's um it's relatively unusual to have two writers who work together but with multiple different artists um wagner and grant is obviously the the one that'll jump to everybody's thoughts immediately with regard to that yeah um a couple other ones i'd written down was um moore and repium yeah 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 yeah, um, Giffen and um, Dematius. Yeah, they've they work and, and again you could argue Giffen's an artist, but they they work together. Um, and then the other one I'd written down, which is again a bit ropier in terms of the connection, but it was Aragonis and Evander. Yeah, um, yeah. because they they do writing together. As, you know, and then he goes away and draws Aragonis then goes yeah. and draws it as well. But um, yeah, it's just because I'm never sure. Yeah, with writing partnerships, who does what. Yeah, is one plotting and one um, dialogue, or is it? Well, I had a little insight into this recently, and I know you brought that brought that up. So I've been sort of racking my brains while we've been talking to, to think about some other ones. And the, the I mean, there's Stan and Roy, um, Stanley and Roy Thomas, mm. and you know, I've, I kind of feel like it's Stan going go and go and write a, a, a Grey Gargoyle story. That, that'll do, Roy. You know, <laughs> it's going to the extent of the drawing. But the one of the ones that really popped in my mind was Pat Mills and Tony Skinner. Who did stuff mm. like Accident Man, Punisher twenty ninety nine, and I have I've had this from Pat himself because um, Pat's always going to me. You got to meet him, Tony. You got to meet Tony, you know, because he's um, he you'd like him, you know. And um, Tony has certain interests, for example, in um, weapons. So a lot of the weapon stuff was written by him, and a lot of the sort of um, uh, I don't know what you call it, sort of 
alternative religions like Satanism and stuff. Pat, um, Pat was telling me that Tony Skinner's got a knowledge of that. And I think that's how they divvied up the writing on that. Um, right. And I know it's not quite comics, but, you know, good old Kevin O'Neill, him and Pat wrote those serial killer books together. And they would mm-hmm. they would meet and like rough notes out and then sort of swap pages back and forward would be how you did it. But you're right, man. There's very few out there. The only other one I came up with off just off the top of my head, I'm sure there'd be loads of others, was Bendis and Hickman when they were doing Secret Warriors. But that was very much, I think, Bendis going, He I recognise this man as being a good writer. I'm going to write with him for the first few, you know, now that he's a Marvel, get him in the door, and then he'll, I'll sort of send him off and running, which I think is what happened there. And that, that does, I think Bendis is very good like that. Um, yeah. He did the same with Matt Fraction and a couple of others. Um, but yeah, there's the, the here and there, aren't they? But they don't seem to. But yeah, yeah it's, it's an interesting, as I say, because again, the dynamic of it. Well, it like, when you're a writer artist combo, you've got that. You, you've got something. I've got an idea. Oh, I'm you've got drawn delineation something. of responsibilities. Oh, yeah, but not you can see one idea sparks another and sparks something. You know, oh, now that I've seen what you've drawn, I've got a new idea of how we can take this. And you're so you know, and yeah, but. It was just a fascinating thing to be when we were when I was doing yeah, some research no, on this. There'll, there'll be loads of others. People will be anyway. people will be um, screaming at their uh, yeah yeah their, their iPhones at the moment or whatever I mean, we, device I did, they're using. To... I did it today with Falpi. So Falpi and I, the the way that we come up with stories is we either go on a journey or we phone each other and then we try and make each other laugh, and then that turns into the idea for a comic. Um, mm-hmm. So we're currently working on this is a banana, which is comes from a ridiculous conversation. Um, and uh, my labia looks like Australia, which we liked because it rhymed. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's kind of how we write stuff. And then I send, I take a couple of weeks to months or whatever to write the script. And then I send it to him, and then he'll draw it. So we do, we do kind of come up with concepts, which is different, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, the coming up with concepts thing. Yeah, is more common, but, maybe. You know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, it's an interesting one for us. Yeah, good stuff, man. Under. Yeah, look, you said can, to me, you missed me today, so I'm not sure I've got much to talk about this. So we've already done 55 minutes on it, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was say, people, people can send us on the back of a postcard, uh, other writers. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Work together right? No prizes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, good stuff, man. So um, what's going on in the world of um, Mr. Henderson? What's what's happening? Oh, no, I, I, I can't write your first name down as Alan anymore. I'll tell you this, I've got to write Alan. Because <laughs> if I write it down, AI, it's a bit like yeah. AI. <laughs> and I'll get attacked. <laughs> And I did send you a video saying that you, you did. Could yeah, you proved it. Out. You said, oh, it's all right. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which did, led both of us to go and listen to Graceland. Uh, I know, with such, with such hips. But, you know, what, they, um, what, what were they called, people who listened to that? It was all the, all the bankers and stuff like that, wasn't it? Um, what were they called in the uh, 80s? Ah, oh, fucking hell. Um, yuppies. Yuppies, yeah. That was like allegedly like a yuppie album, wasn't it? Graceland was from it? Paul Simon, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think it should be viewed in that way because it's not. But no, I remember I, people saying I listened to it at the time, and I would have been a teenager. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I can assure you, my family was not in, in that, that tax bracket. <laughs> Such a uh, but, yeah, with your mobile um, phone. So no, think, uh, thanks for me. Um, I had a little bit of a creative spark a few weeks back because oh, nice. I was asked to participate in. There's a a new role playing game magazine coming out this year. Cool. Um, that's going to be coming out on a quarterly basis and they are looking for a, a three panel comic strip in that so i've, I've provided them uh basically what it's, it's a quarterly magazine so they've got their, their year ahead of them sorted in terms of their um their, content their three from panel you. strips yeah um 
uh, yeah, so it's actually left me to go. I've actually now got a wee sort of character set there and a new strip which is called It's My Party. Ah, you know, nice. Uh, I sort of saw uh, from a D and D, a stroke, other role-playing game elements of, of people who can follow on for that. So that oh, nice. that was a kicker for that, and so um, I'll help promote their Kickstarter when they um, they get around to launch. Oh, let's know, man. Yeah, we'll give it a big shout. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, it's nice. Um, I, I, actually, I actually find when I get challenged, it sort of it creatively helps in a way. You know, if someone yeah. says to me, "Oh, we really need you to write a story," you know, that's going to be seven and a half pages long, and you know, oh, okay, you know. Suddenly, I come mm. up with an idea, but if I'm sort of sat there on my own thinking, "Oh, what should I do?" It doesn't tend to come so quickly. But yeah, that's nice, then, man. So not not penguins or anything like that. It's a completely well, new set of characters. Yes, yeah. as I say, it's um, mainly it's a sort of D and D party that's set off to do something, and but there's also um, mech related role playing game people in it as well. Especially some of the feedback they they gave me from an editorial perspective was to make sure that. I included a, a female character and stuff because I hadn't in, in some of the first okay. samples I gave them. Yeah, uh, and it was actually very interesting to get proper editorial feedback, including rejecting one of the strips that I did. Ah, okay. um, yeah, and yeah. Um, you got to take it on the chin, man. Itself, yeah. Well, yeah, no, because the reasoning was perfectly sound. Yeah, I'm left going. I'm still a funny guy. <laughs> oh, you can always <laughs> but, use it somewhere else. You know. Yeah. Rework you know, it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it, it, you know what? I'll do the gag here because it's not that funny. It's a case of I'm old enough to remember when I, all I could afford was dungeons or dragons. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I get it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. That, they rejected that for various reasons. Um, so that's that, which has left me to you know get a little bit restarted with Penguin and, cool. and doing some more of those. But um, let me just slow pod along. And yeah. then I've, we're, we're, you and I are both waiting with bated breath oh, with regards to our submissions what's happening? to a recent um, yeah. charity comic where I don't whether or not we'll. Our ideas are good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Eamon's busy taking, I, I think, for those who don't know, so um, DUI 3 is on the blocks. Um, Eamon is editing issue 2, issue 3, as he did issue 2. The um, He's currently taking submissions for up to five pages um, from stories or and, and see if there's any artists. He might match some artists or they might come as a pairing or, you know, stuff like that. It's very much... Uh, Let's see what we get in and see who's about and see who wants to do what because everyone's working for free. And the charity has just been announced. So um, the first year was um, what was the first year again? Um, refuge. Refuge. It was. Yeah, of course it was. It was Refuge when Sarah Sarah Harris did it. Um, issue two was Cancer Research UK, and issue three has just been announced as being Mind, the mental health charity. He ran a little um, sort of vote on the Slack and into the emails into him and. That was a, I think it was a close run thing, but it came, it, it won out in the end with Mind, and I think Mind's a great little charity. Um, it's, it's good that we're going to raise. I think, I think both issues have both raised around a grand for the charity, yeah. which is nice. Um, yeah, that's so that's uh, we both got, we both got pitches in, waiting for uh, Eamon to decide. He, look at him being the governor now. So <laughs> he's the governor. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens on that. You got any other work ongoing or? Uh, no, not ongoing. No. Yep. So as I say, it's just just chipping away with Penguin stuff to try and get some more of that. Um, as I slowly but surely work towards the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope <laughs> we'll to get there eventually. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so from our point of view over at Tribute, we've got um, Dirty Basement 2 is in the works at the moment. We've got sort of a few little guests on it. I just had a, um, a phone call, which I missed from um, someone who else is doing it with us. So we a couple of new names involved in it. That's going to be fun. Me and Adam are sort of working away on that. Adam's got a new Patreon, which is just him. Um, he's just got a comic out. Um, 
which I think you can buy, but he's putting a lot of loads of work on in on the Patreon. Actually, it's really good. It's really looking good. Let me just get you. I just want to make sure I got the right, right name of it, um, which because it only just arrived. Um, it's called Laundrette Comics because he's having to go to the Laundrette and he drew it in the Laundrette, and it's <laughs> a little, little mini comic that came out today. So go and find a copy of that um, from Adam's website. Um, only the other thing I suppose I can mention is I'm on Glem next week, so that should be quite Oof. good. Um, if you go to, I'll get you the name of the stall I'll be at. Um, so mostly I'm sort of wandering free, which is quite nice at these things. Um, but I'll be at, I think it's called Crower. Um, so if you're going to do that, I hope you're really wearing a kilt. So when you're, because wandering free sounds like you're, uh, yeah. never mind. You know I've put an image in everybody's, Carry, um, carrying up the cover. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Crower funding is the name of the, um, the, the guy and he's got a shop in France. Um, a micro library, um, and he's got a shop in Lille, in France. Um, and he, he, I'll be doing. Um, I think I'm doing a Atomic Hercules signing at his table. So, if Ooh. anyone listening to this is at Anglim, message me and we'll have a coffee or something. But I can't wait, man. It's my second trip. Um, obviously, missed. A, I went just before lockdown, like, like literally weeks before lockdown. Me and Sam went, and then we're back again for no brow. Um, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday next week, so I'm very excited by that. Um, had you done on Glim? I can't remember what you said to me now. No, no, no. I it's, think you'd love it, man. Yeah, oh. as you say, it's, it's, it's a bit arranging to get there, and I know you've got the your your in with your, your Airbnb. That's, yeah, um, the lady. That, yeah, she's she's clearly got a thing for me, but you can't blame her. Um, so she's very nice. She picks us up from the train station, all that sort of thing. So it's quite nice. And Sam knows everywhere, you know, he knows all everyone and everywhere. So we sort of wander around from meal to meal. I think we blagged a couple of free meals out of Delcor and all this sort of people <laughs> last year. I sat there. Sam thought it was funny to tell everyone I was his bodyguard. He thought that was hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I mate, it's, it's a dream that, that event. This, well, it makes it, change from that you're the bodyguard rather than you going around and saying that Adam's your rent boy. So it's, you know... <laughs> well, when the time and uh, the time and uh, Cliff were saying that we were his gay dads, <laughs> <laughs> you can see us as his dads. I think that's right. I think we make quite a nice, quite a handsome couple. And you, and you wonder yeah. why people like Johnny Cannon and I don't like travelling to places like Nottingham with you. <laughs> <laughs> he just messaged me. He just sent me a message, Mister Cannon. Look uh... forward to speak to him soon. Yeah, so busy times, man. Um, thanks hmm. for that. We shall um, say goodbye in a second. But uh, where can people find you, man? Um, you can either find me by searching for Penguin on any form of social media or look for at Shadow1972 if you're still on Twitter. <laughs> I've still got an account, put it that way. <laughs> still got the pod account. I occasionally stop myself from scrolling through that nonsense. But yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. Go and buy some Penguin. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can find me, um, well, hopefully you might be listening to this soon, com. so have a look at that. Um, the ACP, we are coming up to the 400th episode very soon, um, so it's quite exciting. Um, we just did an episode on um, AI-generated art, uh, which seems to have gone down all right, actually. I think most of our it buddies... Was very, are... It was very sensible yeah. um, put, and, uh, and it was all about the technology of why it, it works. Yeah, thanks, um, man. That was what we were trying to do. Without the... Melodrama, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what oh, we were very valid, careful. Which it isn't. But no, it was, yeah. you know, it was a very yeah. balanced presentation of this is what it really is, as opposed to what yeah. people think. Yeah, we, we can only defeat something if we know what it's like. 
and we'll know what it's about, don't we? I think is the way the way I look at it. Know your enemy, uh, in a way. It's look, it, it's here to say. So yeah, it, it's it's about how these tools get used in the right way for the right purposes. Yep, yep, agreed, man. Yeah, agreed. Um, cool. So we shall have a chat in a second about a poss- our next one. And um, for the moment, man, I'll say goodbye. Thanks for that, dude. Much appreciated. Cheers. Mm-hmm.